0: each of you here. As a gift to yourself and your neighbor, we invite you now to silence your phones, please. I understand, secondly, there is some concern around a new swirl of COVID uh, going around, uh, in which case, if you are concerned about that, I invite you to use all the precautions we have at your disposal. Be sure to sanitize your hands if you wish to take communion at the rail, or use a communable to take communion from the pew. We also encourage you to wear masks, of which we have some outside on the narthex table. Let us now take a moment to prepare ourselves for worship. Last week, we focused on what I call the real miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, Namely, the sharing of food so that no one goes hungry. Today we turn from Jesus to Peter. And with Peter, a special unannounced guest speaker who will make a case for Peter's faith. Our gathering hymn is number 524. What is this place? Please rise as you are able. Our service begins with the apostolic greeting. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Lord be with you. you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, storms rage around and within us and cause us to be afraid. Rescue us from despair. Deliver us from fear. Teach us to cast our anxieties upon you and preserve us in the faith of your Son. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Please be seated.
1: The first reading is from First Kings, chapter 19, verses nine through 18. On Mount Horeb, For God had appeared to Moses with typical signs of God's presence, earthquake, wind, and fire. Elijah now experienced God in sheer silence. God assured Elijah that he is not the only faithful believer. 7,000 Israelites are still loyal. God instructed Elijah to anoint two men as kings and to anoint Elisha as his own successor. A reading from the book of Kings at Horeb the mount of God Elijah came to a cave and spent the night there then the word of the Lord came to him saying what are you doing here Elijah he answered I have been very zealous for the Lord the God of hosts for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks and pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel-Mahola, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Word of God, word of life. The second reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 10 verses 5 through 15. A right relationship with God is not something we achieve by heroic efforts. It is a gift received in the proclamation whose content is Jesus Christ. This proclaimed word creates our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence, Christian proclamation is an indispensable component of God's saving actions. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on me in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Word of God, word of life. Please rise as you are able for the reading of the gospel.
0: Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Praise Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed, dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrifying, say, terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God, the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you this beautiful morning from God, the Creator, and from Jesus, who is the Christ of God. Amen. Today I'm going to make a case that the Apostle Peter is innocent, that he's not guilty of having a weak faith based on Matthew 14, our gospel reading for today. I will be doing so as Peter's defense attorney. You, on the other hand, will act as jury. As jury, your task is simple. You must determine, based on the evidence presented, if the apostle Peter is guilty of having a weak faith or not guilty of having a weak faith faith. Understood? Good. Let us begin. We start in the middle of the trial. The prosecution has just made its case. A one-minute recess has been called, after which the defense attorney will defend his client, showing how, again based on Matthew 14, our gospel reading for today, He has, in fact, the strongest faith of all the 12 disciples. This one-minute recess begins now. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you have now heard the closing arguments of the prosecution. Namely, that my client, the apostle Peter, the rock upon which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ indicated he would build his church, according to Matthew 16, is guilty. Guilty of not only betraying his Lord and Savior shortly before his crucifixion, but guilty of foreshadowing that betrayal by exhibiting a weak faith, as evident in the story Matthew tells of Jesus walking on water. Is that okay? Defense attorney, is that the appropriate amount of conviction? Yes. Okay. Peter, as you heard from Matthew, responded to the sight of Jesus on the water by getting out of the boat and walking on the sea. But he became frightened. He hesitated. He wavered. And in so doing, he began to sink. Matthew confirms what we now heard from the prosecution regarding why. Jesus, he tells us, immediately reached out his hand and caught Peter, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Or as other translations render it, why did you hesitate? Why did you waver? This hesitation, this wavering, this lack of faith, Purportedly led to what the prosecution identified as a series of subsequent betrayals. His denial of Jesus three times after Jesus was seized by Roman authorities, his absence at the time of Jesus' crucifixion, and his failure. His failure to believe, now according to Mark, that the tomb in which Jesus had been laid to rest was empty, that Jesus had been raised indeed from the dead. True, Peter's lack of faith ironically became a source of encouragement to later Christians, some of whom were Lutherans, who reasoned that if Jesus's preeminent disciple, Peter, the rock upon which Jesus would build his church, can sink due to lack of faith, this can happen to anyone. But that, the prosecution concluded, should not take away from the fact that Peter doubted that his faith was weak. Now, that performance was based on a compilation of rehearsals I did after watching Inherit the Wind, after watching Perry Mason, and, of course, after watching my favorite, Judge Judy. Members of the jury, my client, like any of us, was indeed anything but perfect. The defense concedes that he betrayed Jesus by denying him three times shortly before the crucifixion. The defense also concedes that Peter, like the other disciples, failed to be present at the crucifixion for fear of his own life. None of these facts, however, not a one, imply or suggest that Peter's faith was consistently weak. Take a look at Matthew 14, what the pastor who I hear is a pretty decent guy, referred to earlier as our gospel reading for today. The prosecution would like you to believe that Jesus rightly chastises Peter for having weak faith. In truth, however, Jesus should have chastised the 11 disciples who stayed in the boat. Peter indeed, is the only one who responded to the call of Jesus, the only one who risked getting out of the boat, the only one, albeit briefly, who walked on water while the other men huddled together in fear. And there's more. Peter may have succumbed to fear when the Roman authorities apprehended Jesus and crucified him. But according to Luke, when women tell the disciples about the empty tomb, the disciples all dismiss it as an idle tale. Except my client, Peter. He runs to see the tomb for himself, only to be amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of John essentially says the same thing. When the prosecution cited Mark 16, which says that all of the disciples, Peter included, rejected Mary Magdalene's claim that Jesus had been raised, they conveniently glossed over the fact that this part of Mark's account was added a century later. The evidence, in other words, is dubious. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution has maligned my client's character. Granted, granted, in our gospel reading for today, he wavered, he hesitated, but nobody else got out of the boat, only Peter did. He exhibited the greatest faith of them by stepping out of the boat in the midst of a storm in response to the call of his Savior, Jesus Christ. What an example he provides to us all. As people of faith, this is a Christian jury after all, are you not prepared to do what Peter did? to risk rejection, for example, when it comes to helping a person in need? And as a church, as a congregation, are you ready to risk failure as Peter did in order to succeed? Trusting Jesus will be with you, not only in your triumphs, but also in your failures. You have certainly stepped out of the boat in the past, the incredible organ behind you, the magnificent kitchen in the fellowship hall beneath you, and the fantastic canter playing for you are all examples of what it means for a congregation like Peter to step out on the water of uncertainty and risk what they have for the glory of God. The question therefore, and I say this by way of conclusion, should not only be, what would Jesus do? Based on today's readings, it should be, what would Peter do? The defense rests. And now, as members of this distinguished jury, what is your verdict? You have three choices. Is Peter guilty of having a weak faith consistently? Or two, is Peter vindicated? Is his faith actually strong? Or finally, are you undecided and need to gather more information? For all of you who think Peter is guilty of having a weak faith, please raise your hand. For all of you who think that Peter is vindicated in our gospel reading for today, that his faith, at least compared to the other disciples, is strong, raise your hand. For all of you who are undecided, raise your hand. I'll find you after the service. We'll talk about this more. But what I find remarkable about what I just saw is that none of you accepted the prosecution's case. Peter is vindicated by Queen Anne Lutheran Church. He does not have a weak faith. Amen. Let us now confess together the words of our faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's Son, God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. Amen. For the prayers of the church, you are as always invited to be seated or kneel, whichever your preference.
1: Confident that God receives our joys and concerns, let us offer our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of creation. God of grace and faith, your faithfulness is never-ending and your righteousness becomes ours through Christ. Send us to live and proclaim the gospel both far and near, in church buildings and on street corners, in person and through digital means. Lord, in your mercy. God of sky and sea, the plants, animals, mountains, and plains proclaim your glory. Help ecologists as they teach us new ways to care for the environment. Bring relief to areas recovering from natural disasters, including those who live on Maui and the suffering they have endured because of wildfire. Lord, in your mercy. God of peace and justice, you call us to do the work of your kingdom here and throughout the world. Instill in local, regional, national, and global political and civic leaders a desire to work for the well-being of all people. Lord, in your mercy. God of care and compassion, you bring assurance when we are afraid. Bring calm to any who are anxious or fearful. Bless the work of therapists, nurses, and other health care providers. Comfort all who grieve and soothe any who are sick. Lord, in your mercy. God of wonder, you accompany us Accompany us in both joys and sorrows. We pray for this congregation that you inspire us to do as Peter did, to take risks in the face of uncertainty or the prospect of failure. Lord, in your mercy, for whom, or what else, do the people of God pray?
2: I ask prayer for my Thanks. niece, Kara, who having just recently returned from disaster in Guam, is this day flying to Maui with the Red Cross to assist the people there. Dear Lord, please help her in her endeavors and, and helping people hold. Lord,
1: near your mercy.
2: Hear our prayer. Lord, our sister Stephen,
1: who brings us with Lord, mercy. Hear our prayer.
0: Kind and loving God, we, we ask your blessing on each person gathered here, as well as those listening from home. We ask that you be present to them in their joys and their sorrows that you remind them of the presence and assurance only you can provide. We pray especially for Kirsten, Peggy's colleague, for the family of Janet, for Bill, for Dotsie, for the family of Dan, for Matt's mother Jeannie, for Judy, may she rest in peace. For Chris, Jackie, father of Athena, Tara's friend, Lena, and brother, Ivor, the Ritchie family, Richard, Matthew, John's friend. We pray for Pat, for Pat's sister, Donna, and niece, Kathleen, for Finley, Kirsty, Awatosh, Mulageta. We pray for Jan, Jean, Richard, Barb, Denny, Hilde, Mary, Carol, and Lisa. Lord, in your mercy.
1: In our prayer. God of new life, you send people to renew both church and society. We give you thanks for their lives of faithful service. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray in the name of the one who reconciled all creation to himself, Jesus Christ, our savior,
0: amen. Please rise as you are able. The peace of Christ be with you always. We invite you to share a sign of that peace, observing when appropriate your neighbor's desire for distance. now as you are able for the great Thanksgiving. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. As we prepare our hearts for this holy meal, let us pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. us lead us time of trial and deliver us from evil. Amen. At Queen Anne Lutheran, in this place of grace, all are invited to the table of grace. If you come forward uh, for communion, or rather during communion, and wish to receive only a blessing, simply fold your arms. We teach that while Christ fills all things, he comes to us in a special way where he has been promised, namely in the sacrament of bread and wine. For those of you who are receiving from the pew, we invite you at this time, please, to take out your communable and follow my lead this is the body of Christ given for you this is the blood of Christ shed for you you may be seated as you are able for our post-communion prayer. Gracious God, in you we live, move, and have our being. With your word and this meal of grace, you have nourished our life together and renewed us for life in the world. Strengthen us to show your love and serve others in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated for announcements. Good morning. A really warm welcome to you this morning as uh, we worship here at Queen Anne Lutheran. It's nice to see you. If you are a visiting or have been here only a few times, we invite you to fill out a pew card in front of you. We also have prayer cards uh, if you wish to request a prayer. Our worship continues after the service with fellowship thanks to Magdalena, our coffee host this week. If uh, after uh, some time for coffee, you would like to discuss whether Peter was guilty of having a weak faith or not, or the question, what would Peter do, uh, I would love for you to join me in the conference room. We'll have coffees and see whatever treats we can scramble together uh, in a few moments time. If it was Jesus, it would be 5,000. But uh, for us, uh, if anybody's interested, I would love to continue the conversation after worship. So please join me, if you'd like, in the conference room. We have our next Holden Evening Prayer this Wednesday at 7 p.m. We have one more after this. The Holden Evening Prayer is held uh, here in the church at 7 p.m. It's a 20-minute service, and for those of you who have never attended, it's an absolutely beautiful one. Our special thanks uh, last week to Joel for uh, leading the the service. Uh, This coming week, we look forward to uh, Dan Morin, I believe, who will uh, lead the service. Correct? All right. Uh, Next, a heartfelt thanks. I don't know if you noticed, but we had this thing called Jazz on the Grass on Wednesday, and it was a great turnout. We had over 60 people Uh, join us from the community. It's been a long time uh, since we've had one of those, and it's been a long time since I've seen such a a large group for Jazz on the Grass. We also uh, had Root Beer Floats. Special thanks again to Magdalena, to TJ and Elizabeth, and to uh, Ingrid and others who helped us serve uh, ice cream. And nobody got sick from eating the ice cream that I made, uh, which is really good news. Um, and which leads me to uh, what I want to share with you now. Uh, At the end of the summer, there will be a special ice cream social at the Parsonage. You are all invited where you will be treated to either great store-bought ice cream or Pastor Dan's homemade almond milk ice cream. So please keep a lookout for that as we uh, continue uh, forward. Next, uh, just a quick word of thanks to everybody who served today. Uh, I want to thank especially Susan, who talk about stepping out of the boat. What a delight uh, and what a uh, testimony to faith, uh, given what she's encountered and endured uh, several, about a month and a half ago. So thank you so much, Susan, for serving with us today. Are there any other announcements for the good of the congregation? Yes, please. Okay, so the women's circle on Tuesday will only be online unless somebody says they want to meet you at church. Okay, everybody hear that? That's the women's circle on Tuesday. Any others? Well, I invite you then before we say our final blessing to take a quick look at the end of your bulletin, the live project. You'll notice a familiar face toward the bottom. I will be, along with Edward Donaldson of Seattle University, doing a um, four-week Thursday evening series on Baldwin and Bonhoeffer. And I would love for you to join us. So uh, mark your calendars now. That's February. And then, of course, uh, God's work, our hands, that's coming up in September. Uh, there's more information about that in the bulletin. Please rise now as you are able. You leave this sanctuary to re-enter a world where people often do not get out of the boat. Receive the Lord's blessing as you step forward in faith. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Our sending Him, eternal Father, strong to save, is number 756 in the red hymnal. Sing boldly.